by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome to N17 Women, the only podcast exclusively devoted to Spurs women. This is Caroline, and I have the usual co-host here with me today. I've got Sean, Rachel, and Abby. How are y'all doing? Yeah, well, thank you. Not terrible. Not (laughs) perfect. You know, normal. (laughs) I just got back from Miami and Key West, so I am uh, tired, and it was not a vacation. I was, like, working the whole time, uh, but I'm not happy to be back in the cold. Well, I was <laughs> going to say, we are then jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're starting to warm up now and then in Texas, so I'm enjoying the spring vibes a little bit. <laughs> well, we've, we've gone cold again here in the UK, so... Mm. Well, we only have one game to talk about this week. Uh, We just had the second home match against Chelsea in just a week and a half. The first match being that 1-3 loss in the Conti Cup quarterfinals. And both of our teams were coming off of wins in the FA Cup the previous weekend. But Spurs, as we know, have been on this longstanding losing streak in WSL competition. And unfortunately, that losing streak was extended with this latest loss to Chelsea um, at a scoreline of Tottenham 2-3 Chelsea. So let's take a look at the team selection first. In the second matchup, we had the benefit of Ash Neville being back available for selection. And she, of course, came straight into the team. In that Conti Cup game, she had been serving her last game of her red card suspension. And in this match, she was back in the attack, replacing Rosella Ayan at left winger. And Rianne opted for a back three defense with Karis Harrop and Celine Bizet as our wingbacks. And otherwise, I think the personnel was, you know, the same as the Chelsea match and what you would expect. And it goes without saying that Beth England and Mena Iwabuchi are locked in starters when fit now. And Drew Spence and Evelina Simonen seem to have established themselves as our preferred midfield duo. So what were y'all's thoughts on the selection do we think this is our ideal lineup or are we getting close to it? I think against Chelsea, it was very unsurprising that there was, that she played, again, we had a three at the back and wing backs. And we'd said during the last game that that starting lineup with Ash in for Rosella probably would be the ideal. And given who's fit at the moment, obviously there's no options. Uh, there were some people who are still not back. Um, so I think it wasn't surprising and I was generally pleased with the starting lineup. Um, I think against other teams that wouldn't be necessarily the ideal. And we can talk a bit later about the substitutes and what Nikki added when she came on. And, you know, she's definitely part of my potentially ideal for future games. Yeah, I think um, uh, surprising, oh, it's surprising in some extent to see Ash in attack having come back as in, a, in the defence in the previous game. So interesting to see that switch up a little bit. Um, pleased to see um, Celine doing the wing-back thing again because I thought she did it well at her first outing. So that was good to see. Um, but yeah, pretty much what you'd expect of a starting lineup. Just It's always that question of where are they going to play Ash and how are you going to work everybody else around it? So um yeah, I mean, I think pretty much probably what you expected. And if, if you play in Ash um, as a, in that kind of forward role, then that's what we'd be looking. And I think, yeah, I think 
Mana and Beth are going to be starters no matter what, aren't they? And um, we can see what what that's for. Um, and Evelina, when she has a good game, is absolutely you know in our our plans. And uh, Drew again with her experience against Chelsea, you can see why she's starting that game. Yeah, I was like totally unsurprised by the lineup. I just think that like I'm not sure Karis versus Lauren James is the solution we want it to be, but we already know that, and I'm just not sure we have a better one. So you know, whatever. Yeah, I think as the game went on, certainly, um, I quite early on said, and uh, yeah, no, <laughs> we shouldn't have started Karis today, and I think we we suffered with that throughout the game. I mean, I think part of that's been she's playing an awful lot of football lately. You know, she's been playing since she came back. Um, we know her pace has never been the greatest, but her strength has been her positioning and her ability to to know what's going to happen and read the game. But when you're playing against somebody like Lauren James, you need a bit more than that, unfortunately. And and as we saw, we suffered from that, but that's getting, getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, I would just say as a counter to that, she also did help produce the second Spurs goal um, because it was her cross and consistently we've seen her cross has been important in the last few games for Spurs scoring. So I think there is that sort of tension there because I also, I would like to see Asmita. I thought she had that really good game um, against Aston Villa especially. Uh, and I think there's potential for her to play. And so I don't, again, we never know if there's a reason why she hasn't been getting much game time recently. Um, But certainly she is an option for the future. I mean, I agree with you on the cross front, but I don't think we saw enough going forward from Keris in this game. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, you know, in this game, I don't feel like we saw enough of Keris' attacking threat to warrant her inclusion in the side over somebody who might have been a little bit faster. But again, We've not seen us meet her up against this calibre of opposition and it would be a deep pool to throw her into at this stage. Yeah, I do think it's really funny, like as an aside, that most players like move further back and on the field as they get older. And instead, Karis has gone from like centre back to left back to wing back now. That is just a hilarious progression. And also her, her ball passing is really good. I know, sorry, we're jumping ahead, but she does see the space. Um, and I think it's one of the reasons why even when, when Rose comes on and she's playing ahead of Karis, she's better than if she's playing in other spaces. There's something, and similarly with um, Chioma, Karis is able to find get balls to players who are not always great at finding spaces. Yeah, I think there was a trend with, with both of our wingbacks in that game of doing a little bit better going forward than defensively. But we'll talk more about the defense right now because we're going to talk about the game. So we'll look at the first half first. Chelsea got an early lead in the eighth minute thanks to a goal from Jess Carter off of a recycled corner kick. And according to the commentary, it was only her third ever WSL goal. So not great. (laughs) We were able to equalize, though, in the 16th minute through Beth England. And I think that Ash Neville deserves a lot of credit for getting that move started with her press, uh, winning the ball off of a heavy first touch from Kadisha Buchanan, and then laying it off to Drew Spence, who was arriving in the box. And Drew was able to square the ball to Beth for a pretty easy tap in. So just a beautifully worked goal uh, for that first one. And Beth made a point not to celebrate against her former club, which I don't think we can really blame her for. Unfortunately, Chelsea then got back into the lead in the 27th minute with an individual effort from Lauren James, who dribbled into Spurs defensive third with pretty disturbing ease, I would say. 
And we entered the break down one, two. So what did y'all make of the first half? Well, first of all, since I said in the last game that I thought we had fixed our corners, I do feel like I have to talk about this one. I still think we fixed our corners and that that one was more of our typical problem of like not marking runners into the box, which also happens in open play and off of throw-ins. We're still doing the zonal thing just fine. Uh, We just, you know, got to watch those runners. Yeah, I think it was it was funny because when it was especially because it was Aaron Cuthbert at the top of the box who um, played the ball in for Jess Carter. And as soon as I saw her there in that space, I just had flashbacks because I feel like it's always Aaron Cuthbert on the edge of the box scoring in this case, not scoring, but like getting the ball in in exactly the perfect place for Jess Carter. And actually, even though it was a completely different kind of goal, the Lauren James one as well was about the top of the box. It was all about our defensive players being quite deep and the sort of midfielders not quite getting kind of coming back. And there just being this gap between them and that she sort of slid slides through. And I think it's something about that area and when people are when to come up and when not to and whose responsibility things are that we haven't quite fixed um, because it seems like the area where teams create space. Totally agree. That first game, that first goal, I think is interesting. Tinny just seems completely surprised by the ball whizzing past her. Um, so I wonder quite where her attention was at that point um, and if she could have done better with that one. Um but yeah, it did, it did seem to be just um, an unexpected one and something we should have done better. Plenty of players in the box there. That second goal, like you say, Rachel, just, well, the players who looked like they were coming to try and take the ball were coming from behind. So you had um, Evelina and you had Manor both kind of running back and not getting there in time to be able to make a challenge that wasn't going to be a challenge from behind and risk a penalty and things. And the the defenders kind of standing off in front of her so definitely I think something needs to be done <laughs> about that and um, Amy Turner I thought had um, some pretty good moments uh, throughout the game but there was one of the players standing off and not kind of closing down which really would have made a difference I think. And I noticed in this goal and I don't know if it was across the game I didn't notice it I thought it wasn't the case most of the game and I haven't had time to go back and check that it was um, Shalina who was playing in the center because she was the player who was closest to come in and the problem Molly didn't and Molly is often the player who will come and tackle but she was actually coming all the way from the left hand side where she had gone out to cover sort of try and provide cover for Keris before Lauren James turned um and I think that um Shalina and Molly played quite differently in terms of coming out to players on the ball and Molly tends to be more confident in doing that. Shalina's very good at sort of, you know, blocking players as they're running into goal more. It's less of the sort of tackling as you approach her. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shalina's constantly like cutting balls out, whereas Molly's like on the ground, it seems like. I think it was Amy Turner who was in the centre there on, on that one, though. Um, just having looked at, watched it back briefly. Um, I, could be I think wrong. she was. I think she was in the centre. But if you look at the three of them, she was still the right hand side of the three. It's just they had all moved slightly right, towards yeah. the left, and so Shalina was still the player in the centre, and then Molly was quite far outside of the box. Um, but again, it was you know uh, Keris. You know, I mean, uh, Lauren James gets past most players, but um, Keris was quite um, easily dealt with. Um, you know, I would have hoped for a little bit better kind of. Uh, a tackle initially there you know but didn't manage it so 
lots to look at there as to where the problem is. And um, I mean, we know Lauren James is excellent on the ball. We know she can run with the ball. She's done it to us plenty of times before. Um, and just unfortunate that we don't seem that everybody seemed to back off rather than, you know, try and do something. I guess that's where we really, I mean, Keris doesn't do it very often, but a nice tactical foul would have been a good one there, uh, you know, because she was still quite far away from goal at the point that she got past Keris. She did have quite a few on Lauren James in this half, though, which I, or maybe not quite a few, but I definitely saw one or two, which I really appreciated. Yeah, no, it was a hard game. I mean, and speaking of which, I mean, Mana was really, really getting stuck in. Yeah. And they were getting, I mean, I think a lot of fouls were not getting called on her. So she was also getting quite frustrated. Yeah, I seem to recall in the very initial build up to that Lauren James goal, I think was was the goal where there could possibly have been a foul further up the pitch on one of our players that didn't get called. So that's something that's just unfortunate. But I think it, it is interesting. You'll point it out that both of these goals from Chelsea in the first half were not really unexpected goals. I mean, the first one, Jess Carter, you don't expect her to be the one to put it in the net, but the the general set piece issue that we've already identified. And then Lauren James, you know, you feel like we we should have had a slightly better plan prepared for dealing with her. Just to come back to the positives of this half and the goal, I think you're right about, especially the relationship between um, Ash and Drew was really noticeable. And if we think back to Ash's assist in the game against Brighton, where both of Drew's goals came from passes from Ashley Neville. This was the same in a way in that she's very good. I think the two of them can read each other quite well and that that works. So I was happy to see that it's still working and that obviously, obviously the connection between Drew and Beth England is there. So all ended well. That was a nice goal. I mean, what have we been saying? We need players in the box. We had the player in the box and what happened? You know, a relatively straightforward goal from her perspective. Both Ash and Drew did really well in their aspects of the goal and Beth had the easy bit really, just turning it in. But there was a player in the box waiting for the ball and that's what we've been lacking on uh, on the number of occasions previously. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought Ash had a quieter game than she might have done, but that, you know, that moment, she did really well in that moment and um, played the great ball through to Drew, who, again, you know, did well with what she needed to do and found Beth England. So a great goal. And also, you know, it didn't come that long after they'd taken the lead. So as previously we've kind of, they've taken the lead and it's taken us a while to get back into it. It felt like we were kind of much more quickly back into it. Um, and so that was, that was good to see. And, you know, and one, two at half time, I think we would have all taken that for the game. I mean, there was a moment before they got the second when Spurs did nearly go ahead. There was a really nice set of passes down the right-hand side, which ended up with Ash, who I think probably took two. I mean, I don't know if it was the ball came to her slightly wrong or she just took too many touches. And so then she backhilled it to Mana, who ended up having a shot that was blocked. Um, but it looked, again, it, there was movement all of a sudden with lots of players getting forward. It felt like things could happen and there were opportunities, which, again, we don't always see in games against Chelsea. Yeah, I was actually just watching that moment back. Um, it was I was thinking about it because, like, you know, by our beginning of the season wishes of, like, get more players in the box. I thought it was a great example of that. And one of the few times when, like, we had, like, time in Chelsea's box and we 
had the, I think that's the first step towards, you know, getting shots off in the box, which is the obvious goal. But I was happy to see that. And I think what, what ended up happening was, um, I, it, I think it was the weight of the ball and also the way Ash was facing when it came to her, like her first touch kind of had to be away. And then the defender was able to like shepherd her in a direction. And the back heel at that point was really her only option other than like, I couldn't see if anyone was coming into the corner to prepare for a cross, but it was nice to see us sort of just like having time in there just a little bit. Yeah. It's the joy isn't it, of having players who actually like, passing the ball as well that they can start passing in tighter spaces and you see more interesting things happen okay so let's take a look at the second half now at halftime we both remained unchanged nobody made any subs but not too long into the second half Emma Hayes made a couple of early changes for her team she brought in Eve Perset and Fran Kirby for Neve Charles and Jesse Fleming and then just a few minutes later Chelsea scored their third goal of the game. Celine Bizet found herself the last player back on defense on the right-hand side, and she kept Grua Wrighton just onside. And Celine then mistimed her attempt to head the ball down to control it, and Wrighton was able to actually spin past her with the ball and shoot past Tenny Corpel into the far corner of the goal. So Chelsea obviously felt like the result was under control at that point because Hayes made a couple of more subs with Yelena Kinkovich and Melanie Leopoldz coming in for Sam Kerr and Aaron Cuthbert. Uh, Rianne responded by bringing in Nicola Karcheska for Amy Turner, which was definitely a very bold attacking move. And she also brought on Rosella Ayan and Ingrid James not long after for some more fresh legs, replacing Mana and Celine. Nikki got herself a goal in the 88th minute, capitalizing on a couple of flick-ons from Ingrid and Evelina after Karis's cross into the box was deflected further into the middle of the pitch. And I felt like it, you know, was a classic Nikki goal with her knack for being in the right place at the right time. And not too long after, Tenny made a great save to keep us in the game through stoppage time, but we weren't able to find another equalizer to nick the draw. So what did we think about that second half, particularly Rian's substitutions and, you know, we got our first glimpse of Beth and Nikki playing together as a sort of striker duo. I'm not sure I would say that that the, that the substitution was a, a bold attacking move because Ash moved into defence. So we still kept a pretty, pretty much where we've been at before. In fact, we, you might even argue we went more defensive with a back four rather than a back three at that point, depending on how you look at the game. So, um, I, you know, it was just a different, it just, the defender was coming off the pitch and somebody who was playing as an attacker moved back. So I don't know that it felt a hugely bold attacking move at that point for me. Um, just interesting. Obviously, Emma Hayes just running through her substitutes as she likes to do when she plays us. Um, uh, but um, Nikki coming in is always great to see, get, see her getting some time. We thought that she might not get so much time um, now that Beth was uh, here, but and getting to see the both of them is interesting. Nikki's still, you know, got a lot to do to prove um, that she's got 90 minutes of, of game in her, I think. I don't know what her injury status is at the moment. Um, obviously, we know she's been having limited minutes, um, but great for her to get a goal against Chelsea and to to feel what that's like. And, you know, to make it 3-2, because to be honest with you, at 3-1, I wasn't 
hugely happy. At three two, I'm much happier. Um, you know, that's that's doing better than we've been doing before against Chelsea. That's going in the right direction. Uh, that's where we want to see us going. You know, we're not. We know we're not in a position to be beating them yet. We might be getting towards a draw, and and that's what we were looking. We were getting closer to. So from that perspective, you know, I think we're moving in the right direction. It's interesting. I chatted with some people after the game when I went to the men's game and they'd watched the women's game on television and they were saying how terribly we played against Chelsea and how we were, you know, we couldn't string passes together. We couldn't receive the ball and stuff. I'm saying we did it much better today than we've done it in previous games. So it's interesting to see people who've not been watching us so much still seeing those things that we've been seeing for some time, but obviously seeing less of in this Chelsea game. Um yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that we played any better in this Chelsea game than we did in the previous Chelsea game, but we got a better result and that's got to be a good thing. So I I thought we did play better. And I actually was thinking about the progress. It's really funny because it was 3-0, then it was 3-1, it's 3-2. So obviously the next game is 3-all and then we win 4-3. It's, you know, the law of progress, it's just going to happen. So it's going to be two games and then we're going to beat them. That's kind of, it's it's in the stars. But other than that, I mean, I guess I am, I I mean, you all know, I love Nikki. I was super happy to see Nikki on there. And I think she did a lot of stuff that was really fun. She made Buchanan so nervous. She was constantly backing into her. She was like, Buchanan, she had that bad, she had that bad bit with um, where she gave the ball away in the first half. But I think she'd had a pretty good game and a lot of the rest of the, she was, you know, she was making it really difficult for Ash. Um, they always looked like they had more defenders. And then when Nikki was there, they just, didn't know what to do with her and it's that reminder that there aren't a lot of teams that play with two strikers and I think it confuses teams and I loved it I want to see more of it I don't know if we have to start with it but bring her on as a sub in the 60th or 50th minute a bit earlier where it just I just think she creates absolute beautiful chaos and I want to see her on there so I was super happy with what she did she seemed also a little bit more fitter. She's often been able to intercept the ball. I think she reads the game really well. And you saw her doing that a bit more as well as some hold up play where she brought other people in, which we again know she can do. So I was very happy. And I think, I guess I would say actually it's a slightly bolder move than Sean says, because I think it happened in two stages because the first move was Nikki coming on and um, when Amy went off. And at that point it went to a back four and I think part of that was also that there was a little bit of freedom, perhaps Rianne felt because Sam Kerr wasn't on there. She was often, there was often a, someone was man marking Sam Kerr while she was on the pitch. So perhaps without her, they felt she felt like she could have a back four or maybe was willing to risk things. And then the next move was Ash moved back after Celine went off. So Ash took Celine's place basically as the wing back. Um, and at that point, we saw Roz coming on and taking Asher's place. So I, I'm going to give Rihanna a little bit of credit for being a bit bold, at least, you know, initially. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I obviously there were still things that were going wrong. Like, you know, we can go into them. We don't want to be three one down at any point. Um, but just in terms of the substitutions and Nikki, yes, please more. Yeah, I think with Nikki, like. She, yeah, people are so obviously scared of her and she creates a lot of chaos, but I, I do really want to highlight, like, you, you really can't take your chances better than she's been taking her chances, at least for the last two games. Like, 
for this game, her the the quickness with which she turned and shot for that goal was like chef's kiss, like phenomenal. Um, and if you're only getting like 15 or 20 minutes in a game, you have to do that every time. And she's showing that that she can. And I really hope it continues because it's just great stuff. And if she can, you know, continually do that for us that that's a massive plus for for a player who may not be starting every game and just a really great player to have uh I do want to talk about the third goal we conceded for a minute because at first when I watched it I was like oh man like how did that happen and then on the replay I was like what what was Amy Turner doing all the way over by the first ball like why was Celine the last man with Gua right and how did that happen like and, and Amy Turner totally didn't need to be there. There were two of our players within two feet of each other. So I'm not saying it's all on her. Like there was maybe like a miscommunication across the entire back line. But seeing us pulled out of our shape so easily was like a wee bit concerning to me. And I I haven't really gotten that much of a read on it. Because like, you know, third goal, people are like, don't want to talk about it as much by the time that happens. But what did you guys think? Well, I think, you know, we we talked about how this right wing back role is a little new for Celine. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me that she hasn't quite gotten a knack for the defensive side of that role. And I think that'll come, you know, as she plays more in that position, but I, I kind of feel like if Rianne is wanting to experiment with, you know, these kind of different formations and different roles for players, maybe this is not the worst game for her to do it in because we're not necessarily expecting to get a result out of it anyway. And this, you know, this is the kind of result where, as they say, you have everything to play for, nothing to lose kind of situation. So I didn't mind it. And I think it's at least good that now that we've brought in uh, Beth and Mana, you know, our bench, we, I think Rianne has a little more freedom with her, her substitutions actually making an impact. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do think, though, I want to make it clear, I don't really fault Celine for that one, because it's a bad situation to be in, and she's getting used to the role. Like, my fault with the issue is why were three or four of our defenders on one side of the pitch going for the ball, isolating one of our quote unquote defenders on the other side of the field with one of the best players in space, like in the game? I mean, presumably at that point, they're looking to try and get the equalizer at that point. Um, and to push on and, and be aggressive in the way that we've all said we like. So the the um, the intention is good there, but obviously the execution yeah. still leaves a little to be desired. And, and when you're playing against Chelsea, any mistakes are going to be um, highlighted and they're going to be punished. So it's those those games are where you're going to be punished no matter what. But I think the the intention was right in terms of going for that equaliser at that point, trying to push up and. Um, uh, and do that. I, yeah, I think Celine was unlucky, and um, and it is a case of you, when you're playing against the players of those that calibre, when you when you kind of lose sight of them, even just part, just shy of the halfway line, which is where they were, they're going to run and and make that and make that a goal. So you know, Guru Ryan is is not a, a a small player in that sense of you know she's done quite a lot of good stuff in her career. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think when you're when you're pushing for an equaliser, as I think we were at that point, that's when you're going to make those mistakes, and Chelsea are going to punish you for them. But I 
think I think you're definitely right. I think that's I think Celine had a decent game. I actually really love watching her and Guru Wrighton together, and because they know each other well, and they it's like a proper tussle, and then you see them joking occasionally, and that's really nice. Um, and I think that she quite often did manage to sort of control um, Wrighton, but I think. As you were saying, it's not that she was there. It's that, you know, especially playing with three across the back, you would expect one of them to be in contact with her so that the back line isn't just sort of so split up. Yeah, it was just her chasing back, really. So, Interestingly, the announcer at the time did point out that the sun was was at a certain angle as the ball was coming towards her. Just really unlucky. I think, like... At least the best spin I can put on it is like it'll be a good one to watch back on the tapes and like the whole team can learn something from it. It was funny, actually. I watched some of this back, both the um, FA player announcer and I thought I don't know who it was, but they were much more um, critical in, you know, like in both of players than the FA player announcers usually are. Yeah. So there was much more opinion in there, which is interesting because usually like they, they you do it quite straight. Um yeah, just a random thing. I did also find it quite interesting that at one point um, Emma Hayes was on our side when arguing with the uh, assistant ref about a call on the pitch and things. So uh, um, there were obviously some decisions that went against us, particularly in that second half, I think, which uh, was a shame. Um, but uh, also somebody pointed out that Emma Hayes in her post-match interview was very critical of her own side. So uh, she wasn't happy with how they'd performed and, and the fact that actually... The goals they scored, at least two of them were down to mistakes on our part. So, um, you know, I mean, again, that's, you know, we eliminate those mistakes. We're closer to getting something from games against Chelsea. And, we, you know, we are getting there and we, you know, we are matching them for longer in the game. And it's not a case of a whole lot of goals and none for us. So I think, you know, overall, overall progress. And I'm not quite as optimistic about Rachel about the next game, given that I think the next one's at Stamford Bridge, isn't it? So, uh, or, or at Kings Meadow or whatever. So um, that, that probably won't happen, but um, we can, we can all dream and, you know, I mean, and Chelsea are the best of the best. So if we're getting closer to them, then that that's not a bad thing. And hopefully, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like optimistic about some of the other bigger sides and the way they've been playing lately and how we might be able to um, to not get nothing from those games. Before we go on to those, I just wanted a very quick shout out again. Just like we obviously mentioned it in passing, but to say it was Evelina, obviously, who did the flick on for Nikki. And I just felt like given that last game we were talking about Nikki flicking on for Evelina and the two of them really sort of being lovely together. I'm just one. This seems like this new partnership that we've got at this club, which I'm just want to celebrate nice. momentarily. I love it. It's it's uh, a wonderful thing, and I hope it continues. I mean, I don't think Evelina had her best game, and I did notice towards the end of the game, as we'd noticed before, Evelina plays her best games when she gets muddy, and she really wasn't very muddy uh, in this game. So I don't think she had her best game, but yes, absolutely, still producing those moments, and we're all, I think, Evelina fans. It was like I I was trying to work out about Evelina because I felt like she, I was trying to work out whether she was playing less well in this game or that was just my impression and whether she was still and then watching it back I was thinking she's still making really important tackles and she's actually some of her passing was decent she got people in um the box in several on several occasions but I think there's something about playing these just higher quality sides 
that you have to be so precise and she's not got that level of precision. So it shows up more often. But I mean, statistically, she actually, of all of the Spurs players, got the sort of the highest scores. And I think it's because she continues to make the interceptions and, you know, the recoveries. And because she does, you know, she is off. There was one moment actually where I was just, I was feeling a bit disappointed about her. And then I saw she picked up the ball from the defense and it looked like she was under pressure, but she actually found enough space and played a ball really quite far out wide. And I think it might've been to Celine. I'm not sure, but it was one of those ones where it was more creative than I expect her to be. And I thought she can do that sometimes. And I'm not sure what it is that means that she is able to. So I have an interesting theory about this. I think she had a good game, but I think she was less important to the game because like Chelsea are not exactly known for their central midfield. Uh, It's something Chelsea fans were really concerned about leading into the season and it's not really a position they filled in. So a lot of the game happens like their center backs have great passing and then they have these really strong attackers and they progress the ball a lot down the wings. Um, But Evelina isn't gonna like she's not being called upon to make those like crazy challenges and she's not under as much pressure because Chelsea just don't contest midfield as much but then similarly she is not finding people with her passes as much because Chelsea does have really strong players on the wings and a lot of the game is being played out there so it just makes her seem like kind of ineffectual when in reality I thought she had a pretty solid game and when she was called upon like she did her job it's just that she wasn't the most important player here yeah I think you're right because one of the things she does is she will help help out on either wing and so you see her kind of running in to help whether it's Karis or Celine but because Chelsea are so fast in their passing she often isn't going to get there whereas when we were playing like London City Lionesses she was key because she was the person there and would often get the block or the tackle in One promising thing I'll say about Evelina is I saw her like striding forward with the ball, like really fast, like towards the end of the game. And uh, the fact that she is fit enough to be dribbling that quickly around like 80, 85 minutes or whatever is pretty promising. And I wonder whether with teams where she can control midfield a little bit more, uh, we might start to see the dominant Evelina against some WSL sides as well. I think we forget sometimes as well. She is actually still young, isn't she? So she has room to progress in terms of her play, her style, her skills, all of those things. It's just because she seemed when she arrived so kind of ready that we forget that she is still a very young player. Yeah, point. She's 24. Um, and I think I suspect the the Euro was was a tough uh, experience for her, given uh, poor Finland anyway. Poor Finland, indeed. <laughs> it's just you saying poor Finland. I was thinking um, it is noticeable. Tinny has now started. Is it like five games in a row, four or five games in a row? Everything since Christmas. Um is this a response to the form of Becky Spencer pre-Christmas or is this injury well, or just also, making up so they get 50-50? Also, I think there's an interesting question there about um, Becky Spencer as a modern day goalkeeper because Becky Spencer has been a fantastic keeper um, in the Super League and, and she's played for many clubs and done really well but she came from a generation where goalkeeping wasn't quite so specialist in the women's game. They didn't have quite the 
the, the you know she was a very agile keeper and um, and despite her small size was able to to do quite well in the league at that point now you were moving forwards and goalkeepers in the women's game are bigger and um tinny is bigger and and sometimes that's you know just what you need and, and becky is losing that agility a little bit with her back injury and stuff so it's a really interesting question are we seeing tinny becoming number one or is this just a we need to level up because we do 50 50 and tinny didn't play much before christmas for unknown reasons yeah definitely something to keep an eye on and you know which could also have ramifications for becky's you know starting spot with jamaica especially with the world cup coming up so something to keep an eye on for sure well let's shift focus and take a look at our opponent for this next weekend we are playing manchester united on sunday and it's going to be at the main stadium for Manchester United's form, you know, besides a statement 6-0 win against Liverpool in mid-January, they have not been quite as high scoring in other games since the winter break. And I think there have been a lot of rumors about their squad being kind of unsettled at the moment, which probably wasn't helped by Alicia Russo's transfer interest from Arsenal. And from the outside looking in, it can be strange to see how few minutes former Spur Rachel Williams has been getting, considering her scoring efficiency stats since she's joined them. So all that being said, they are still going to be a very difficult team for us to get a result against. But do y'all think that this game is maybe coming at a good time for Spurs, uh, remembering that it was originally scheduled for that first match day before the Queen died and it was postponed? Well, I think from the point of view of Man United, drew with Everton uh, in their last game. That's a, a that's an interesting thing, isn't it? So they have been looking really strong. I mean, Everton are looking at the moment like you know the best of the rest so far. But um, to to get a nil nil draw against Man United is is a good thing. Um, it will be interesting to see how United react to that. I do think there's some interesting stuff going on behind the scenes at United and. I mean, I don't think Rachel Williams was ever going to be playing lots of minutes for United. And it is notable that their fan base now do seem to be appreciating Rachel Williams finally. And we've seen some apology stuff on Twitter from some of the fan base who who clearly thought she wasn't good enough and have suddenly changed their mind now that she's the one scoring all the goals um, or scoring the important goals for them anyway. Um, I mean, I think it's a good, it's going to be interesting to measure ourselves against them. Man United have come up um, quite significantly this season, I think, in their performances, they they are, you know, they have breached that top three, which uh, and and are looking like serious contenders beyond even Arsenal at this point for the top spot. Um, obviously, Chelsea are still up there, and and uh, so um, uh, uh, my expectation would be that Chelsea would take it, but Man United are still there. Is this their wobble? Let's go and let's go and find out. Let's go and take the game to them and see what we can do. And you know, we've got some we've got some good players. We've got some confidence, hopefully, from scoring goals against Chelsea. It's going to be at our big stadium. We're expecting lots of people. The um, the uh, assistant manager of the men's teams recent in his press conference was saying he wants to come. So I hope he does come. Um, and, I th- and he was saying we're expecting sort of 30,000 people. So that's obviously what he's been briefed as, as to what they're hoping for. Um, so I think it's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a big noise. Uh, if we go out and play the way that we have been more recently against the big sides, taking the game to them, who knows what can happen. Yeah. 
I, th- I think Manchester United continue to have a very good um, back line. They haven't conceded many except against some of the top teams. And so, but then we've also suddenly found that we can score. And I am actually confident that we can find a way to goal, which is really exciting. Um, I mean, I really like their right hand side. I mean, I like a lot of their players. And yeah, but I think that, um, you know, there's, uh, it's Garcia and, um, Onebecha, um are really nice the way they combine down the right and I slightly worry about our left back slash left wing back whoever that ends up being um but they have found I mean they go through little waves so they've had if you look at since Christmas they had a game where they beat Liverpool 6-0 but they've also found it hard to score in a couple of games and so it's a question of what United come out and what you know how much space we give them so, yeah, I hope it's a very attacking team and that we go help forever. Yeah, Abby had to dip out, um, but she wanted us to mention on her behalf that she hopes we don't come out acting scared of United and go out and get them. And I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> uh, one last question about this matchup. Are there any lineup changes you would like to see? I I personally would like to see Esmita Ale coming in probably for Karis, um, just because I think, like we said, Karis has really put in a lot of minutes recently. And I think it's this is going to be another team where we're going to need someone a little pacier in defense. I'd certainly like to see as we can give her a chance to see what she can do. Uh, as, as we said, Karis has, has played a lot of minutes so far and Smita hasn't had much lately. Um, uh, as we say, we're trying things out. What, one of the things that we're doing right now at this point in time is looking at our squad and saying, what do we need over the summer? And also the players whose contracts are due, how much do we want to keep them? Um, and I'm I'm certain that the kind of the Keris and fullback situation is one of the things that is, you know, up for discussion and and, and thought processes and um, see what Asmita can do. We know she's certainly a player that we're all excited for um, in the future. Um but and and where is she at now? And unless we, she gets a chance to test herself against some of the best teams, we're not going to know where she's at yet. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm up for seeing, even if it's it's just seeing more of her and and than we have done in previous games, rather than you know a little appearance at the end. I definitely, I think that's a really good reason why we need to be playing as Mita Moore. I want her to want to stay. She is a player that we want at Spurs. And obviously, if she's not getting minutes, she may at some point decide not to stay. So that's a good reason. I think in this game, that would make sense. And I would be happy to see a back three again in this game. But with the confidence to move, do the sort of change that she did with bringing on Nikki perhaps another 20 minutes earlier. So that was in the 70 something minute. I would like to see it in the 50 something minute just because I think that changing shape works. You know, it works just because it is more complicated for the team you're playing against to figure out. But it also works because we have two shapes that seem like they are decent and I want to give both of them a chance. Uh, obviously it's going to depend slightly where we are in the game, who they are have playing and, you know, how much they're playing through the middle or wide, etc. But yeah, I want to see more Nikki. Yeah, good shouts, especially on Esmita's contract. Uh, so let me get score predictions from both of you. Well, I'm going to say what I said against Chelsea. If it's two, if it's less than a two goal deficit, I'm going to be happy. If it's better than that, then I will be extremely happy. 
Okay, I'm going to be bold and say there's going to be loads of goals. It's going to be 3 2 to us this time. And I just said their defense was good. And now I'm saying both defenses are going to be pretty shoddy. But I also think one of the things about playing on the at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is that it's a very different um, surface. And I think that actually produces some unpredictability for both teams who are both used to playing on slightly less good surfaces a lot of the time. Um, I'm hoping that Spurs now have the quality that they can make use of that rather than it being a disadvantage. But I was also thinking this is the first time we're going to see Rachel Williams since she played in the last game of the season last season, which was also at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, back in those days, she was on the cover of the programme. Um, so I, I would be very happy for her to get the Manchester United consolation goal when they still don't beat us, but she scores. All in for that one. Absolutely. Rachel can score so long as it's not the winning goal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a 2-1 Spurs win. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet, but they have not been scoring as much lately. So I I definitely think this is the time where we could pull off a win against them. So just so everyone knows, if you're not going to the game, the match is going to be on Sky Sports in the UK and on Paramount Plus in the US. So definitely tune in. Um, And before we go, I just wanted to do a quick wrap up on the transfer window, which closed last week. And let's just tie up some loose ends. So who do y'all think had the best transfer window across the WSL? It's hard to see past Aston Villa, isn't it, really? Um, a couple of good names coming in for them. Um, I, although I think um, we'll see how Leicester brought in a lot of players as well. Um, and it might be enough to see how we're we'll seeing how they go. Um, it's going to be a lot more interesting down at the bottom of the table, I think, than than we thought it would be with uh, Brighton getting involved and potentially Reading as well. We won't talk about our involvement down there. Um, so I think they both had had pretty good. Um, yeah, I think they probably had the best of it. So I think we had the best window on the basis <laughs> that I am very happy that we had both Beth and Mana. And obviously it hasn't yet resulted in goals, but just in terms of changing the team quite radically, I would say that... We have now scored in every game. We have scored nine goals since Christmas. We have scored um, against WSL teams, although not only in WSL games, it's been four four goals. We haven't scored since Brighton against a WSL team before that. So that has been quite transformative of our abilities to score, if not to get results yet. I would also, I would give a shout out to Leicester and specifically their goalkeeper, who I think you talked about, Caroline, before, because she came from the Bundesliga and she has made a mass. She was really on fire in that game against, um, was it Man City, wasn't it? That they nearly held. And she, I think she got mat- player of the match, even though they lost 2-0 because she was amazing. And I was just thinking, ah, maybe we should have played Leicester before she got there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a keeper with Champions League experience. So that was a huge move for Leicester, uh, which could possibly keep them up although I don't know it's still going to be difficult for them but I think I I have to side with you Rachel that I think we had a slightly better window than Aston Villa simply because you know they made some solid pickups that they already had a pretty solid team and I feel like we really brought in players who have completely changed our you know trajectory for the season so I guess on the opposite end who do we think had the worst window 
I haven't noticed no. Reading getting a lot of players that have done much. Liverpool initially hadn't also got too many players, so I guess those. I think West Ham picked up some more good players. Um and Brighton picked up, I think, quite a few players, but I'm again, and they seem to be a little bit more stable than they were. I don't know. Also, I don't think Arsenal had a great window. They wanted a striker and they didn't get one. Um, That's you know. true. I was so, going to go with Arsenal. Yeah, because I, I think forgot that. They, yeah. they may very well have taken themselves out of the title race um, by not finding that striker. So, yeah, I watched that game. Did you watch the game last night? That was fun. I mean, it wasn't fun. Most of it, won, yeah. But it was fun that it took them so long and hopefully exhausted them so that they have a bad game this weekend. Oh, and they had to play City again, right? So <laughs> they're not having a fun week. Let's put it that way. But also that does mean that our game against Manchester City doesn't move um, because City aren't involved in the Conti Cup final. So that's a, a good point to note as well. Um and it's also, it's not a stupid evening kickoff, so it might actually be doable in the day. Woo! Well, there was one more transfer rumor that had to do with Spurs that actually came out after the window closed. So we found out that Adriana Leone had been offered on loan by Manchester United for a fee. And Tottenham were one of the interested clubs. But she ended up staying put at United. And I'm just curious, would y'all have liked to see her at Spurs? I can't say that I'm devastated she didn't come, but at the same time, you know, yeah, nice to have her on the bench. I don't think she'd be a definite starter. And if she wants to go somewhere where she would be, I don't know that she necessarily always would be, but she's obviously, you know, she would help shore up our midfield. We don't always have players who can do that. And if there are some more injuries, it might be important to have extra people there so it was one of the areas where we said we maybe needed another player um so I'm mixed yeah I mean uh, as we know with our our player that we haven't seen pretty much all season and um injuries to other players um I, I don't think it would have done any harm bringing somebody else in but equally um bringing in manner you know uh, we, we have now got competition in that midfield even with um the injuries that we've got so um, because I think, you know, Has has not been playing as much and things. So another player coming in to just sit on the bench and and, and or keep our players like Has off the pitch. Um, you know, so I'm not I'm not hugely disappointed. Um but again, you know it's one of those leave it to Rianne things. I think she knows what the reality of the squad is at the moment and where we're at. We may come to rue that if we get more injuries but hopefully we're going to go in the opposite direction and get a few players back. Yeah. I think I have maybe a slightly higher opinion of her just because I've, I've watched her quite a bit in CONCACAF competitions. Um, So when she joined United this summer, I was kind of, you know, disappointed that we weren't going in for her, but I also just think it's kind of a shame for her, you know, at a personal level that she's, she's not getting the game time and she just joined United this past summer. So that seems like not not a good transfer for her in the end. Last question on transfer window. There has been a lot of chatter about the possibility of the first one million pound transfer in women's football happening sometime soon. Do we think that it is likely to occur in the summer or is that milestone still a ways off? I don't, 
I can only really see it happening with a couple of clubs. If you're, you know, you're talking about your Chelsea's, really, and um, so, and I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we paid what quarter of a million, and arguably not even that much as our highest transfer. Um, I, I don't know if we're at a million pounds yet on actual figure, and and because contracts are still so short, I think that's you know a lot of contracts are still only a couple of years, so. Again, that means that the fees paid aren't as much because people will wait a little bit. They won't have to wait so long as they do in the men's game. Um, so I don't know if we're there yet, but then things have been jumping in the women's game. And, you know, there was, you know, when, <laughs> when Arsenal were trying to um, sign a striker, there were some big money numbers being thrown around. So in the right situation, I, I think it can happen. But we don't know, you know, it depends how desperate clubs are. To, to get somebody in, I think, at this point. And also, obviously, Beth England was a high for a transfer within the WSL, but there have been transfers with Barcelona or to Madrid, perhaps, which have been, you know, that so across different leagues that have been higher. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes in the summer. I don't think I would fall over in shock. Um, I think some of the more interesting things are the length of contract. And as contracts get longer, then the amount that transfers are is going to go up because obviously what you're doing is buying out a contract a lot of the time. And so those two things are going to go hand in hand. And so with lots of players re-signing earlier, re-signing for three, four, five years, we're going to start seeing more of it. Um, what was surprising, I guess, about Rousseau is that she only has six months left on her contract. So offering a lot of money for her at this point was um, a statement about how important the next three months were rather than a statement about her value over the longer term as well. And again, Manchester United keeping her is is related to how Im- how important it is to them, probably financially as well, and her value financially in winning the league, as opposed to, or you know, getting to the getting into the Champions League and the money they'll get from that, as compared to how much she, you know, they get just from selling her. So I think it's interesting the different kind of politics and dynamics that are happening um, that are interwoven. Yeah, I think there's definitely only a, a select number of players who could draw that kind of fee. And, you know, we'll see how many of them are actually available in the summer. But, yeah, I I personally think we probably won't see it in the next window. But that's just me. Thank you for listening to N17 Women. And we will be back next week to talk about the Manchester United result and any other news that pops up in the meantime. So you can find us on Twitter at N17 Women. Come on, you Spurs. (laughs) 